Hello, and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Bryant Johnson. Uh, we're so glad uh, that you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are going to slow down to explore the idea. Um, I don't know if it's as much a practice, but understanding of yeah. this is, is certainly a practice. Um but the idea, the practice uh, of a God who does not fit inside a cathedral. Um, yeah. It, it, kind of a big converse, conversation, Stephen. Yeah, it's interesting because this is, I think this is our first, I mean, we're at episode 22 now. And I think this is our first conversation that really is starting from a theological basis. Right. I mean, we have theology that's woven into most all of our conversations, whether it's implicit or explicit. Right. But this I think this is our first episode where we just dive into this from from the very beginning instead of getting to it, um, you know, through the conversation, which which for me is uh, I mean, it's a it's funny because we're both from ministry backgrounds. Right. (laughs) Which is kind of cool. I think it actually. For me, it, it, it proves the point even more of kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a big. This is a big concept, um, and and I think maybe the place I would start off uh, is this idea has always been. I shouldn't say always for for a long time now has been a part of my own personal theology that God doesn't fit into cathedrals or any spaces um, that we that we build that we say that God lives in, whether that's physical spaces or emotional spaces or, or, or dogmatic spaces, wherever. Uh, but it was made um, most real to me uh, about four or five years ago. My wife and I were in London. We'd been to London a couple times before, but we were in St. Paul's Cathedral and we were at a, uh, we were at a service at St. Paul's. Uh, right, right in the heart of London, St. Paul's. If you've never seen it, go look it up. It's a a beautiful cathedral. Um, Christopher Wren built the the dome for St. Paul's after, or designed the dome after the the Great London Fire, uh, and the place. It just like all great cathedrals. It just it forces you to look up. Yeah, right. It it yeah. creates a posture uh, in you, and it is gorgeous and huge. And they had this beautiful boys choir who, uh, I mean, they, they sounded angelic and I mean, everything you would think that God would live in that cathedral. And, and, and even through the worship, you're kind of brought to a moment where you're like, Oh my gosh, this, this space is inhabited. Right. And then the, the priest steps up there and the priest starts doing a sermon where, where they said, the priest said, as beautiful as this place is, God is not here. And then the priest began just to just to kind of riff on God is in the song of the bird, God is in the trees of the forest, God and started to say God is not relegated to this place that God is all around as as uh, somebody who I dearly love and and appreciates work uh, Rob Bell says everything is spiritual. Um, there is nothing that is not uh, that that doesn't have the presence or, or can't tell us about or, or show us the presence of, of God. Um, and so for this priest to stand there in the m- middle of one of the most beautiful cathedrals in the world and say, God is not in this place, uh, it was profound. 
Yeah. Uh, and it, it caused my wife and I both just to stop in our tracks and go, okay, this is, and we both look back at that moment as a real turning place for, for both of us and both of us together. Um, spiritually yeah so yeah, yeah that's sort of where my mind goes what about you brian yeah um well let me comment on a, on a couple things one i definitely came from a place where um there there have been times in my life where i thought um i had the words to explain to you who god was yeah um yeah at some point probably through some you know various moments and experiences and conversations and what have you I began to realize I, I, I never really actually had the words um, to explain mm. who God was, but I yeah. could talk about the impact of God um, in my life or faith yeah. in my life um, that helps describe maybe the characteristics of God. Right, right. But my words always are somewhat limiting. So, I mean, totally, there was a time where uh, Steve and I could convince you of who God was. And uh, as long as you agree with me, uh, we, we would be on the same page. We're We're good. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, and and yeah, that's, that, um, that has been something that's changed um, for me. Um, It's odd to me too, that we talk about the church, like the physical building, um, yeah, we still refer to it as God's house, God's right? House. Like, so like yeah. there is language that we use that kind of says like God is here and not there. Um, yeah. cause when I'm home, I'm not at the park, right? Like, right. Eh, that, right. It doesn't really work either. Um, you know, I was even thinking about like, yeah, you can talk about the wind. Um, right. Right. Like I, I can't prove to you the wind exists, but you can feel its impact. Um, right. <clears throat> well, it doesn't really capture. Uh, the it's a sliver of God, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but let me let me pose a cultural thing um, to you. This is uh, I said a lot of other things uh, that are actually uh, this is what I wanted to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, comic books were uh, big, they're still big. They've they've always been big. Yeah. But when uh, comic books first hit our culture. Um, mm-hmm. they were, uh, they were a fantasy. Um, mm. they were somebody's, um, expression of how to deal and respond to the world that was yeah. against them. Um, yeah. it was a way to say like, uh, to get out all frustration or to get out anger. And I will, um, I'll come up with this comic book character that will help deal and re- resolve that. Um, yeah. right. And so what we found is as those characters were being released, many people could relate to them. Yeah, that's um, right. But superheroes had superpowers. Um, yeah. And it was a fantasy. It was um, something beyond. And, and so um, a lot of people were against that kind of stuff, right? Like I, I've always been nerdy and into stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> when I was younger, people thought like, oh, that's, you're a dork if you're into that. <laughs> so, like, it, and now you're super cool to be into. That, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Um, but there has been a shift because now we have the technology to put superheroes in movies the way they were envisioned yeah. and dreamed of in the comic books. Um, yep. And in fact, we have taken some of those heroes, and they existed this way in the comic books uh, too, but it's at a different level. Um, some of those superheroes uh, don't really have superpowers. They're mm-hmm. just people now who are so stinking bold um, yeah. that it's expressed in a super, like in a super, uh, way. 
Um, in a superhuman way. Exactly. So um, yeah. let's take the Punisher, for example. Um, right. He didn't really have superpowers. He, he right. was just a military guy um, that never loses. Um, and uh, more and more of the comic book characters that are human um, and just have an extraordinary ability to be human um, yeah. now are really, <laughs> are really catching hold. Um, yeah. Some of those are gods themselves in the comic book world. So our right. understanding of what was once fantasy and extreme um, and not really something I could be, but an expression of uh, my frustration or life in the world has come to yep. something of like, oh, uh, I'm human. I could just, you know, like maybe if I was just really good at that thing, um, then I would be, uh, you know, equivalent to a superhero. Um, and this mm. might sound extreme, but I think we've moved this understanding of superheroes away from fantasy to like a career option. Um, right. Like we're like, <laughs> yeah, um, and some of the superheroes are gods. So now God, uh, you know, being godlike <laughs> is an option for my future. How interesting. Um, so it's a cultural shift that's taken place that we've watched, that we've been a part of, that we've embraced. Um, the entertainment factor is phenomenal. I can't get enough of, yeah. except yep. the DC movies. They're terrible. Yeah. They're bad. Sorry. Wonder Woman was okay. Wonder Woman Wonder was Woman awesome. Was okay. Everything else. Everything else has ah, been trash. Forget it. Uh, actually, go back to the comic hate, book. We're going to get hate mail. We're going to get hate mail. <laughs> um, but so culturally, there's a transition in our understanding of godlike characteristics, super yeah. extraordinary characteristics that now, you know, could be an option for me. That's so interesting. Um, that That is so interesting. So when, so when I hear you talk about that, the thing that flips to me is... I, I think so. Uh, boy, here we go. We're getting some water now. I think so many times, as religious people, uh-huh. we try to be God instead of being human. Yeah. And 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 and, and we, we we talk about it as you know, I want to be godlike. I want to be godly, but what we're really trying to do a lot of the times is take the like and the lee off, and all you're left with is we're trying to be God. That's it. And God, ne- you know, and and you know, we both come from a, a Christian tradition, um, and the way I understand uh, God primarily is through that tradition. Uh, obviously, that I, I understand God through a lot of other traditions as well, but but my primary understanding of God is is through through this lens of Jesus, right, and through the lens of Judaism as well. Um, and you never see Jesus saying, "Be God." Jesus is is constantly helping us be more human mm. in the truest sense of the word, not not in this sense of being flawed or being, you know, they're, they're one of the terms that, that, that fluctuates in Christianity is this idea of being fallen. Um, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus. The idea of Jesus was that Jesus came to show us how to be human better. 
right? To, to show us how to be fully human. Yeah. That some, some, some will, uh, uh, Paul Tillich talks about, uh, Jesus was the new human or, 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 you know, the, the best example of that. Yeah. But we concern ourselves with being more godlike <laughs> than being the best human like. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I've heard it, I've heard it say another way, right? Like, um, to be, uh, full of life and fully alive. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. 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 And I think, I think what we have done is rather than allow our lives to be shaped, um, shaped by God, mm-hmm. um, and this is all faith traditions. I, I don't think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. limited necessarily. Right. Um, but we, we've allowed that um, to go from our lives being shaped by God to shaping God to be like us. Yeah. Um, and that's a part of that cultural shift where, like, gosh, the God I believe in actually thinks about politics the same way I do. You're right. right? Like, <laughs> right. gosh, the, uh, yeah. the God I believe in thinks about um, violence the same way I do. How cool is that? Um, right. Which then... Uh, and not that we're going to dive into any of these topics, but when we talk right. about topics of race and violence and uh, yeah. guns and politics and welfare and caring for the poor and the needy in our own towns, um, that we can, uh, if we do that, then we can defend our stance and opinion because yep. that the God we believe in actually believes just like us. So it gives us a defense, a personal defense to not take action, to not be moved, to not be changed, to not be challenged, um, because uh, I'm already in the place where God is. Uh, so uh, if you believe in God, then you would believe like me. Um, That's right. Yeah. Right? Like, which is that thing you're talking about. Like, uh, yep. I'm a, I'll just be more godly. Yeah. <laughs> which means I'm going to double down on my, on, on on my, my way of life. My own stinking opinion. <laughs> Because it's well, godly. there's that, there's that, there's that great saying. Um, in the beginning, God created humanity, and then humanity returned the favor. <laughs> right? I mean that That's that good. this idea that God made us in God's image, and then we said, "Hey, you know what? I'll do you one better. I'll make you in mine." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's, you know, and and we see that in every religion. I cannot stand. Okay, this is one of my pet peeves. Um I cannot stand when faith traditions bash each other. When Christians will bash Muslims and when Muslims will bash Jews and Jews will bash, bash Hindus and Listen, we all are and this is a this is a controversial statement, but we're all through our own cultural lenses striving to that thing that is bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all through different cultural lenses. Uh, that's the reason why the language is different. The expressions are different and we're all trying to do this. Um, now of course there are extremists in every religion that do not represent the core tenets of that religion. Every religion has that. Um, and so that's not what I'm talking about. See, and that, and that's the problem is people will, automatically point to the extremist version of whatever religion that they want to bash and say, see, that's not, that's, that's fake. That's false. That's bad. But you know what? I don't care what faith tradition you sit in. We can, we can point the same thing about yours, whether it's Christian or Buddhist or Hindu or Muslim or Jew, whatever. Um, and, and, and so I hate it when people bash each other instead of looking and saying, okay, my religion gives a piece of this, gives us some, 
some some pieces, some slivers of the puzzle. I don't even like to say pieces of the puzzle because I feel like pieces are too big, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like it's like if you took if you took a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and then you took all those thousands of pieces with a scissor and cut them up into about fifteen other small smaller pieces, right? I mean that's I feel like our religious expressions give us those slivers and 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 those understandings. The problem is a lot of times is we'll take a sliver and we'll say, see that's God. Yeah. Look, it shows you the whole picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've ever put together a jigsaw puzzle, you know how frustrating it can be because you 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 have a piece of the picture, but you don't necessarily know where that piece goes and you don't know exactly what it's showing you. And and it definitely is not showing you the entirety of the picture. We have actually done that together, Stephen, and like held up pieces yeah. to each other and yeah. said, uh, is this that purple or this purple? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, and then one, like the result, the result of that is we no longer are challenged by the faith we claim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some, some people may not like this and, and may disagree, but I would say if your faith, if the God you believe in, um, if, if you are not challenged, yeah. If you're not confronted, um, if the God you believe in is in is not in some form in opposition of the thing you already believe, like if your That's views it. are not um, being called into question um, by the yep. God you believe in, um, you probably don't believe in God. You just believe in yourself. That's right. That like, is exactly right. Um, and that those are those are different things. I, I don't care yeah. how good a person you are, um, how righteous, how like involved in missions and caring for others. Um, the further we go into faith, the more we're going to be challenged uh, yeah. to look into our own lives. Um, yeah. And at, at the deepest levels, there's always going to be something that is new that is changing us that it, yeah. that's shaping us. If we're not being changed, we're not being shaped. Um, either either we don't uh, practice a faith, yeah, or uh, we have limited our understanding of God to the limitations of understanding ourselves. Um, yeah, and it, it 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 doesn't work. And I would say that applies <laughs> to both organized religions as well as individual philosophical understandings of oh, religion. Sure. I mean, you could you can be an atheist, and and that what you just said apply. Exactly. Right. Because there's there's a sense of there is something greater. Um, uh, and and if if we're not being challenged, uh, even even people who don't believe in God, <laughs> if they're not being challenged, if, if, if their understanding of the world is not growing and, and being challenged and pushed, then I th- even people who are not religious will say that they're stagnant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And religious people have the hardest time saying that. Um, and and if you ask anyone, uh, again, any religion, do you believe that that God knows more than you? I think pretty much every religion would say yes. Do you believe God is bigger than you? Every religion would say yes, right? But in practice, God is not bigger than us because because most of us, unless you're entering into that, you know, philosophically the way you just said it. Um, God, we, we reflect God, 
and, and God is reflected in our own beliefs. Um, and 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 uh, you know, like like you said, if we're not growing, if we're not being challenged, then then we have just returned the favor and made God in our own image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly the same. Well, you know, what, one of the things too um, is that a, a lot of times we. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. Someone was talking to me about how difficult it is. Boy, I mean, I'm just, we're, we're getting all these fun topics about how difficult it is for them to understand bisexuality. Okay. And uh, uh, I said, you know, I think that's interesting. I said, I think a lot of, I think most people uh, who, who are kind of thoughtful about this can understand homosexuality and heterosexuality. But I, but I said, I think a lot of people have a difficult time thinking about bisexuality mm. And the reason why is because, and I was having this conversation with with um, these folks. I said, I think the reason why is because for those of us who grew up in a Western Greco-Roman kind of philosophical culture, that culture was is built on that philosophy is built on uh, dualities. It is either A or B. It is black or white. It is right or wrong. Right, um, and and it is Democrat or Republican, right? <laughs> and, and, and we're built and we, 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 we see the world through dualities instead of understanding that there, well, actually it could be C. It could be an independent. Yeah. It could be, you know, it could be gray. It's not just black or white. Right. And, um, so what, what happens, I think for, uh, especially those of us who grew up in, in more of a Greco Roman Western philosophical culture is we have um we have a difficult time understanding that anything outside of our own belief system could also be true and good yeah because it either has to be my way yeah Yeah. or your way yeah and i believe i'm right and we all should believe we're right by the way i'm not arguing that you shouldn't believe you're right because if you if you're doing something you don't that you don't believe is right then you should probably change what you're doing Right. Sure. People, people have said to me, Stephen, you think you're right all the time. Yeah, I do. You know why? Because I don't want to be wrong. And, and, and if I, if I find something that, that, that is against what I believe and I find it to be more true than what I believe that I'm going to believe that <laughs> I, I, we all should be striving to find truth, maybe not to be right, but to find truth. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that you should practice a religion or a faith that you don't believe in. What we should, I believe, is have a belief system that is that has enough humility in it to say, hey, there are, uh, is, like I said a couple weeks ago, the wisdom tree is big and has many branches. Yeah. yeah. Where, where yeah. we can learn from others who have other perspectives and other yeah. traditions. Yeah. And I... Just to add to that, I think it goes beyond other yeah, faith that's traditions, right. right? And so, like, that's right. Uh, let's talk about Eminem for a minute, right? Yeah, we're not going to go there. Play Eminem music in in church. We're probably not going to yeah. sing those right, like in unison yeah. as one choir uh, sing right. "Stan" um, yeah. in the middle of worship service. That does no. Uh, that does not limit the truth. That's that right. exists and resides within his expressions of music. Um, yeah. Regardless of violence, regardless of... Uh, I know a lot of people would, would kind of push back 
um, there is some music that just promotes violence, and he's probably got a right. few of those songs. Yeah, but right. but the thing I think that's been revealed about his music is most of it is found in these universal truths that yes. we would even yep. express within the life of faith. Now he he comes at it from a totally different perspective, right? right? Like he comes at it from a different place and probably not one. Um, that we would embrace in a sense of like servitude to others. Um, yeah. But it, it does not cease to speak truth about right. who we are and about humanity. Um, yep. And that's a place I think a lot of us get stuck is like, well, I'm not going to listen to that. There's no truth in that. That, that doesn't add value. Right. Um, right. Totally adds value. Totally yeah. Yeah. adds value. If you can understand the, the frustration or the pain or the hurt um, that somebody else is going through, right? Like um, that song, Stan, the one I mentioned, right? It's about, um, about a fan who was continually trying to track him down and the yeah. fear he experienced from somebody who was stalking him. So yeah. he dove, right? Like he dove deep and the song yeah. gets ugly uh, pretty yeah. quick, but he dove deep into the fear that he was experiencing um, based yeah. on what was happening in reality. And I think we avoid yeah. that. I think we avoid the truth yeah. Um, that we hear even when it exists in other places that speak to yeah. who we are as humans. And as a result, then we avoid the truth um, yeah. about a God who is bigger than our faith tradition and bigger than our understanding and bigger than yeah. our words and our language. Um, and it, what's crazy, right? It's like, that's not new. That's it. Yeah, that's, Paul, that's exactly right. Paul quotes pagans yep. in his letters <laughs> about Christianity. Yep. This is not yep. a this is not a new concept. <laughs> no, no, not at all. We well, are that, not brilliant. That's exa- <laughs> well, no, no. We're <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> but that that's exactly where I was going when I was when when I originally was talking about this idea of heterosexuality versus homosexuality and then people having a hard time with understanding bisexuality is we think in those those dualities wow. And when we think in those dualities, um, that translates over to our religious understanding, the duality of sacred and secular, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, or sacred yeah. and profane. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, that's a great example with the whole, uh, with the whole Eminem uh, piece is that if, if we can get beyond this duality of sacred and profane and just look at everything as having truth and everything um, has a sacred expression or a sacred rhythm. Some people talk about a, a bass note uh, that yeah, runs yeah, yeah. throughout creation. Um, if we can, if we can begin to to, because the reason why we we draw these or, or come up with these dogmas and say, well, my tradition or my ritual is sacred and yours is profane, is because we have to have something that we say we define ourselves by what we are not. Um, so so much more often than what we mm-hmm. are. Um, and so if we can begin to lower those walls and, and realize that our definition doesn't have to come by what we're not, but simply by just what we are, uh, and, and knowing that we're all a part of something bigger, uh, and, and that to, to define ourselves doesn't mean that we have to lower the experience or the expression of the other. Uh, and, 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 and then once we once we begin to lower those walls and, and an awareness come, uh, comes about, we can then begin to truly see the bigness uh, 
of God, uh, slivers of the bigness of God in, in all sorts of things. Uh, I heard a minister a few years ago who was a friend who said, well, it sure would be nice if I didn't have to wake up on, you know, it sure would be nice if I could just go for a walk in the woods on Sunday morning and not come to church. I mean, because he had had a conversation with a church member who wasn't coming as regularly because they said, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of experiencing God in nature right now. Yeah. And that's the place where I need to be. And he was saying something really kind of derogatory about what well, should be nice if I could just go for a walk on Sunday morning instead of coming to church. Well, you know what? If you really mean that, then you should do that. Um, and, and, and stop saying, well, I have to experience God at Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Yeah. Or, you know, I have to, I have to do that. Right. And that's my old white man voice, by the way, I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's sort of that, that's the example though, is we don't have to, if we're experiencing God in other places, then, then follow that. Um, and it doesn't negate experiencing God at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning in a sanctuary. That's there's, there's beauty and goodness there too. One sliver doesn't negate the other sliver. And that's, I think, where we have to get to. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's interesting, uh, as you say that, Stephen, because the thing it's, it's beginning to spark, um, which is uh, kind of new, uh, the correlation or uh, causation, whatever, here, is that um, if we give in to the thing um, that you and I are talking about, right, like that God mm-hmm. does not fit into a box, if we give in to that, it means that we it forces us to give up some of the like trite sort of things yeah. that we would say to people like yeah um, yeah like uh, you know uh, everything happens for a reason um, or yeah all, you know all that stuff there's there's good that's gonna come out of it um, right or uh, you know, my least favorite uh, is well God has a purpose for that. God's got a plan. God's in got this. a plan in this, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so no, that's not true, um, right? I, God did not want that uh, woman to be raped. Yep. God's that's plan right. is not for, for using that ex, as an example, right? Like, God's plan is not rape, right? And I think we would agree to that, and yet we give <laughs> into these sayings of like, well, God's, yeah, God, God planned for that. Every everything happens according to God's plan. I, I think that's yeah. actually wrong, um, right. because there are things like that uh, that go totally against the nature of who God is. Um, and when we say it, uh, we kind of begin to infer that um, God intends for you to suffer, and intends for you to feel yeah. pain, and intends for you to. Um, uh, you know, somebody uh, maybe to inflict uh, life-damaging pain on you and your family, right? Like right. that. Yeah. But we can't. Um, we can give into that if God looks like us. We can give into that if yeah. we limit our understanding of who God might be. Um, yeah. But things like that, uh, it will force us. If we believe that God is bigger than our understanding, it will force us to move away. Um, from these things that uh, mm-hmm. sometimes get expressed because we don't know what to say, sometimes get expressed because our understanding is limited. Um, but if we know that God is bigger and some things are bigger than we currently understand, it, it will force us to get rid of these small kind of like uh, oddly meaningless or damaging yep. um, languages and phrases and uh, things that we say to, to each other. Well, what <clears throat> what you just described is... <laughs> that's 
that's the modern creedal system. We we have these 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 phrases. We have these questions that that we ask people, right? Yeah, and and everybody knows these questions. Everybody knows these yeah. phrases because when when you are uh, when you are accosted with these phrases or these questions, you know that you 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 get a sense of what kind of religious person they are, right? Whoever's uh, you know whoever's asking you these questions or, or saying these phrases, and for a lot of people, that's that immediate turnoff, right? To to to, to religion or faith yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's the modern form of creedal statements. I mean, you know, back 1500, 1700 years ago, when the creeds and in, in terms of the Christian faith, when the creeds were being written, they were, they, they were statements of faith. Yes. But they were a way to see who was in and who was out. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and the apostles creed has so much goodness in it. Okay. There's a lot of goodness in there, but the bottom line is it was a, it was a, um, it was a language-based way of putting God into a box. It's a line in the sand. It's a line <laughs> in the sand, which is what it was. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it achieved its purpose, okay? It, it did what it was supposed to. But in that, what it did was it chose something, which is language, and language is so finite yeah. and so contextual and, has, and does not have the ability to capture the infinite. Yeah. Language is so finite and contextual, and therefore it has it does not have the ability to capture the infinite. And so we 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 put these statements and said, This is who God is. And if you want to be a part of us, then you have to recite this. We have to affirm this together, and we have to believe this together. And this is going to be the measuring stick. And 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 the core philosophy of that is flawed. To say that this very finite thing is going to capture who God is. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't agree with it, then you are against us. And in some epochs of the Christian history, we will kill you because of that. Yeah. That is so jacked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we do it in our modern way. We're not killing people right now because of that. Um, but we but we have these little modern creedal statements. Right? Maybe maybe we are killing people. I would I would venture to say Maybe I should walk that one back. Uh, that we are. Uh, yeah. because we embrace some of those creedal statements um, into the people we elect uh, to be our politicians yeah. who make decisions on war and borders. Um, That's fair. Right? That's fair. And uh, sometimes yep. the result of that um, is death. We're just not the ones, we're just not the ones carrying out the execution. Yeah. Pers- personally. Yeah. yeah. That's good. No, that's good, Brian. That's really good. Well, one of the things, and and I, I, I hope you have some of these too. Um, there, there are some things I have found that don't capture God, but are less limiting mm. than language sure. for me. Uh, like I said, especially English language. English is really limited. If if you ever study Greek, you realize how limited English is. Greek is such a more expansive word. Uh, or expensive language. We use the same word um, for like four or five different meetings. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, tons and tons and tons. Uh, and when you when you study Greek, you realize that. Um, so language is limited. English is super limited. Uh, but there are some things I've kind of discovered um, that feel less limiting to me in terms of how I see and experience God. Uh, one of those is nature. 
Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm a firm believer that God's first creative act being nature, uh, might be God's most expressive act. Um, nature is so diverse, uh, and so complex and yet so simple, uh, that I, I feel like I can see bigger slivers of God through it than I can through creedal statements, um, through sermons. Um, another one is art. Uh, there, there's something about creating, uh, something that's been created and, and an interpretation has not been given. Uh, and that's art. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Art is always, art changes every time a person looks at it. And, and, and it's a static piece of art, and it changes every time a person looks at it. Yeah. Uh, the third one is just a sense of beauty. Uh, you know when you see something beautiful. You, you, you know that. And, and, and there's, a, there's a chord that in, inside of us that sort of uh, begins to reverberate yeah. when we see something beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the last one for me is something I'm exploring a lot more, and this it's this idea of non-judgmental awareness, and that's a big phrase. Uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about it a good bit, and it's this idea of observing without judgment, and not judgment is is this right or wrong, but observing a bird. I was doing this yesterday, observing a bird without thinking about what type of bird it is, or what it's doing, or what effect it has, but purely sitting in the presence and observing something without judgment or categorization, um, a different language begins to be spoken during those times. Uh, and again, my language is finite to even describe that. But those, those are some areas where I'm finding God is less limited uh, in. What, what, yeah, what about yeah. you, Brian? I would agree with all, all of those. I, and there's two, two more that I might add to that. Um, one is uh, is children, and not just children, mm. right? Like, but like, <laughs> it's gonna be funny. Uh, procreation, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, the ability to have children, and yeah. the growth of of those young eyes and development. Uh, and of course, that's a yeah. season that I'm like smack in the middle of. And every yeah. day is something new. And every day I'm in awe of what's it's wonder what's happening. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just that whole um, growth kind of process. Um, yeah. It's so complex. Like I, I just can't figure out. And I, I, I don't know that we're meant to. I don't know. Science is awesome. I, I'm a big fan of yeah. science, right? Like, um, yep. but I wonder if we'll ever really fully understand um, birth and growth yeah. and yeah. children, right? Like. The whole, deve- all of it. We have tons of insight, and, and I love yeah. all of it. Um, but that whole thing, like the fact that that exists, uh, yeah. we are all in it. Humans globally are in this same thing together. It doesn't matter yeah. faith. It doesn't matter tradition. It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, children are born and grow and develop. Um, yeah. There's a universal to that that I feel like is is um, is representative of God. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. So that's one. Uh, the other <laughs> is the simple act of forgiveness. 
I, mm. I think we note it when it's big. So mm-hmm. uh, Shooter goes into elementary school, uh, mm. takes the lives of children, um, yeah. and there's a community that says boldly and proudly and outs- in an outspoken way, we forgive you. We have yeah. to forgive you. We are called to f- forgive you, right? Like, so in such an amazing story. Exactly. So, like in those big ways, yeah. forgiveness, and even in the small ways, when somebody just uh, expresses or shares their forgiveness with me, um, the the ability um, to put an end to the back and forth, or the pain, or the suffering, the acknowledgement that I have hurt you. Um, yeah. whatever that looks like emotionally, physically, spiritually, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, yeah. The fact that I would be nudged and urged to redeem the thing that we have between us. Yep. Um, that's the other place where that happens again, regardless of faith, regardless of background, regardless of tradition, regardless of race or ethnicity, re- yeah. globally, that yeah. act of redeeming our relationship to each other happens. Yeah. Right, so like yeah, this is another it's place. It's part of the human experience. Like, oh my gosh! Uh, if anything um, is an expression of who God is, it's bigger than the words. I can't describe forgiveness to you. Um, right. I can't. Des- I, sometimes I can't even put words to why I feel the urgency to redeem and repair and rebuild our relationship. Yep. Right, like, yeah. Um, that begins to give me a little sense or taste of uh, who who God might might just be. Yeah, and, and you know those things because something, in, uh, you know, I said that cord begins to vibrate yeah, inside yeah, yeah, of you. Yeah. And, and, and you just know you're connected with something that's bigger than words, it's bigger than tradition, bigger than ritual, bigger than context or place or even space in history. That's it. Right? Because this is something people have been. Those are the things I think we have to look for. When we, when we want to get God outside of the cathedral, right? Those are the things, those, those universal human condition experiences. Those are the things that, that begin to, to, to connect us. And when we, can, when we can think about things that are not bound by context or time or space, yeah. but, 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 but that we all share in common, I think that's when we start to find unity um, and start to uh, see how those things are expressed among other people in other times and other places. And, and man, Huge. I think we I think we get those those bigger slivers of the God picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do too, man. I do too. So much good stuff. Good grief. Um, we we decided to go full on with this uh, <laughs> with with this first kind of theological episode. <laughs> it's a good start. Well, listen, it is a good start, and uh, yeah. So you know what? Let's let's switch gears, um, man. Thanks for that conversation, but let's let's switch gears and and uh, you know dive into some of uh, mine and Brian's recommendations for you all this week. Now this is a tough one, right? Because we're having this conversation about how you can't limit God, you can't put God in a box. Um, so yeah, what are we going to recommend to folks, Brian? Yeah, yeah, like normal. <laughs> this is a time where we try to share the good stuff uh, that we've discovered in our own lives, and hopefully add beauty and goodness to yours. Um, I said to you earlier, Stephen. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gone through my book list. I've just thought about films and stories and whatever. Yeah. Um, my the only thing I feel like, uh, and both of us are coming from different places. The the only thing I feel like I can tell people to do is uh, educate yourself. 
mm-hmm. I, I feel like anything that I would offer um, that would have a title to it or a practice at some level uh, would not communicate or get across the very thing we've been talking about. So it yeah. feels weird to me to recommend something specific other than like <laughs> l- learn, uh, yeah. discover, um, explore, do those things, whatever yeah. fashion that is, like uh, being outside, being in nature, uh, spending time with each other, forgiving some, just learn, explore, discover um, for yourself. And, uh, and yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of stay out of it. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Maybe not helpful. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think I think giving people permission um, to to not land on something specifically. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll kind of take the opposite. Not the opposite. I'll take another uh, angle on it uh, and say maybe maybe this week uh, you are maybe this week you open yourself up to those things that maybe that we have that Brian and I have found uh, limit God less things like nature, art, beauty, non non-judgmental awareness, forgiveness, the wonder of of of, of uh, childness maybe that's a, a way to say it the whole, all that goes into that maybe it's that this week you 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 just kind of lower the walls of categorization and judgment and trying to understand things in a in a scientific or a technical way and you just go and and let the presence of those things kind of wash over you and yeah mm. and do that mm-hmm. um for those of you who 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 maybe want some more language um t- that might help open this up not language that defines but, but language that gives you permission to, to do this, to experience, uh, to wander. Um, I found a book by a guy named John Philip Newell uh, called The Rebirthing of God. Uh, has been one of the most important books I've ever read on that, that helped me, again, not understand God, but to be open more so to yeah. God. Um, uh, so John Philip Newell's The Rebirthing of God, beautiful, amazing book. You can read it in a weekend, but the effects and how it opens you will last probably the rest of your yeah. life. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, Nice. Yeah. Well, each week we uh, we give you our best recommendations for this week's topic, and, and we'd love to hear from you and your best recommendations for the for the listening audience. So if you have any uh, recommendations for us, please email those to us at info at this one good life.com or on uh, Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, and we may feature those in next week's show. Yeah. Uh, so that just about does it. Uh, well, wait a minute. Hold on now. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Next week's show is about a pretty cool topic though. We, we, we totally forgot to mention what next week's show is about. What is what is next week's show about, Stephen? Well, Brian, it's about creativity. <laughs> remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we did. We totally skipped over that. Um, yeah. we are going to dive into the the topic of creativity. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have mentioned on previous show that I'm learning a little bit about yeah. that re- uh, yeah. currently. Uh, I would I would describe you as a creative person, Stephen. Um, and uh, so we're going to dive into that uh, as uh, yeah as another. I'm excited another topic. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah I, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just realized I was like, "Oh, wow, we we didn't even say what we we're going to do next time." Yeah, so. it it scares me all of it. 
Uh, it scares me. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> on on those good notes, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of at the end. Uh, this is yeah. uh, about does it for for this topic today for this this episode. Um, and folks, uh, we are so grateful uh, that you've chosen to join us for this podcast. Always. And as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates: "The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper." See you next week.